Hey everybody, welcome back to the Clean Slate Farm Podcast. You know how they say time flies? Well, time flies because I've been trying to get this interview with Tina McPherson from Salsacuse or Primo and Mary's for two years. And she reminded me, it's like, Dave, it's been two years since we started this. That's a long time. I think you're going to find the interview was worth it. Tina's a really fun person and she's got some good information about her company and starting a business. So let's get into the interview without further ado. Hey, Tina, how you doing today? Hi, Dave. We're doing good. Great. So we agreed to talk, and we were just talking before we got online. It was two years it took to get this yes. going. That's a long time. Oh, my God. That's crazy. But anyway, we're here. So tell me a little bit, what is you? What is your company? It's Salsacuse, but tell me about what, what you do. Okay. So Salsacuse um, basically is... Um, a dream of a small, uh, a dream of a mom, um, small business, um, founded here in Casanova. Um, basically, you know, we're a woman owned business. Um, we are your all natural gluten free buy local premium salsa choice. Uh, we're the namesake salsa of Syracuse and we're sweet and spicy and everything nicey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great now uh how long have you been in business um so this year is um year 12 um and 12 years yeah, great it's it's gone fast um but yeah 12 years hard to believe yeah yeah so it i have to ask a question uh this obviously is a it started out as a side gig right it did um Basically, it started because I had three boys, um, three children, and they were all going to school, and Tina needed a job. <laughs> and um, I was determined to have a job that was different from my parents. Um, my dad came from Italy, my mom came from Germany, and they had you know work ethic that was um, second to none. Um, but, you know, raising five kids, they worked nights, they worked holidays, and they missed all the, the fun stuff that we did, you know, as kids growing up, like our, sure, our yeah. sporting events, homecoming, and, you know, they just were working, working, working. And I thought, I want it to be different than that, you know, so I wanted to create something that was flexible, um, that I could sort of, you know, dictate the hours. Um, I mean, I, I don't mind working weekends, but I don't want to work every weekend. So, um, so you know, that was part of it. Um, I guess um, this was also in my blood. <laughs> um, okay. It started with Primo, my great-grandfather, who was a foodie, okay. entrepreneur, then it went to my grandmother, then it went to my father, and then it came to me. So there was a lot of different factors. And um, so I just put all these things together, you know, my my passion for food and, um, yep. you know, my want of something flexible. And I decided I was going to go into the food business, making all natural foods, sourcing locally and then I heard about Nelson Farms, a small kitchen incubator um, down the road in Nelson. And mm -hmm. I made an appointment and things just went from there. Wow. Now, you said it started with Primo, your great granddad. Yes. Yeah. He, he, made, he made salsa? <laughs> 
<laughs> no. So Primo, oh, okay. uh, my great-grandfather, came from Italy uh, in the early uh, 1900s, and he uh, brought to the United States his knowledge of livestock, and he opened a butcher shop slash um, general store in all places, Iowa. <laughs> wow. So, I guess, you know, talking to my family, he was following the coal mining industry. And I don't know, maybe he knew somebody in Iowa, but that's where he ended up. And um, he ran his um, his food shop there. And so he was the first foodie in my family. Um, okay. Then he had five children. And um, his my grandmother, uh, his daughter, Louisa, was my grandmother, my dad's mom. And... Um, she that got the foodie gene and she opened a restaurant uh in new york city um holy cow yeah um it was a french restaurant and she ran that for probably 25 25 years and when wow. my dad got out of the army he worked for her and he loved the business so he <laughs> opened his restaurant in hancock new york which is where i'm from and that's where i was raised um which is a small town southeast of binghamton on Route 17, there. yep, um, the foothills of the Catskills. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It area. is, it is. And then I went to college for a hotel restaurant management. I planned to take over the restaurant. And lo and behold, I fell in love with a customer, and that just ended there. <laughs> well, that probably ended the right way because if you know your dad was in the restaurant business, that's not an easy business. No. No, it's very no. hard. I mean, but the thing is, yeah. it's kind of like anything else. You can't choose who you fall in love with. And, you know, if you're in love with the food business, it's even though it's hard and, you know, profit margins are really tight. If you love it, you have to do it. You mean there's a profit margin in restaurants? <laughs> <laughs> Holy cows. I didn't know yeah. that. I thought it was a cash flow. Yeah, thing. you know, it's, <laughs> it's tough. But when you love it, it's, you know, you have to do it. You know, you'll be miserable doing something that you don't love. You know? Yeah. So um, you've got to love it. Yeah. So I met. Well, that explains then why, why salsa, why you got into the food side of things. Because I wasn't aware that you had a restaurant background yes. and that you were, you went and studied I did. hotel restaurant. I did. I did. Uh, you know, I liked it. And, you know, just growing up with my parents, it's all I knew. And I, I loved them and I loved to see how hard they worked. And, you know, he was the chef, my mom was the bartender. So it was just such a nice dynamic and we always ate really well. Um, yeah. So I loved it. And um, so when I met my husband, he's a New York State forest ranger. He's like, we're out of here. <laughs> Your husband is a ranger? Yeah, he's a New York State Forest Ranger. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So he's a, That's yeah, neat. He's a lieutenant here, and he covers um, um, all of Madison County, part of Shenango, part of Onondaga County. Mm-hmm. So he grew up in Morrisville. So um, after we got married in Hancock, um, we moved up north for three years. Um, uh, near Lake George. North being? being near Lake, uh, Lake Luzerne, near Lake George. Um, and he was really happy, but I wasn't, um, you know, I was used to the big family, the restaurant, you know, all the customers and the salesmen and the deliveries. And, um, we bought a house on a dead end road and, um, it was the longest three years of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It could be that way if you're used to the hustle bustle of a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so then, um, 
we decided we wanted to move closer to family. He um, grew up in Morrisville. He always loved Casanova. So we... Another great town. Yeah, so we came this way. We looked around and we finally found a house. And um, we've been here now for hmm, 16 years. So, yeah. Wow. Now, you know, we have uh, uh, one of our products is Mabel Hoskins Miracle Hand Cream. Yes. And Mabel Hoskins was my grandmother. Oh. And back in 1917, when my dad was born, he was born in Casanova. Really? On, on uh, Shenango Street. Huh. Just around the corner from the uh, the VF, not the VFW, yeah, the, the American Legion, post whatever it is, American yeah. Legion, right? And uh, his his dad passed away in 1920 when he was three years old, and uh, my grandmother raised him uh, as a single parent through the depression, through the 20s and through the depression. And that's how we came to Mabel Hoskins. But so there's some family history in Casanova. She eventually moved out from the farm there into Syracuse. Hmm. But that is interesting. Yeah, pretty cool. I actually used yeah. that hand cream so, the other day. I, <laughs> I yeah, did. Oh, I like it. Um, I put it in the sun and it gets nice and warm, you know, it gets warm and then it, it's, it spreads further for me. So, yep. um, so yeah. So with all the hand washing that we're doing, I, keep my hands moist with with mabel <laughs> yep that's great yeah i use it when when i was working in the restaurants i used it all the time because my hands were getting all i wash you washing your hands all the time in a restaurant yeah. and my hands were just a mess and then all the women i worked with would be dave we need some more hand cream it's like what, what are you doing here it's like a weekend it's gone <laughs> but it's good stuff yeah. yeah yeah so let's get back to let's get back to you uh okay you've been in business now for 12 years Yes. And you sell where? Farmer's markets? Did you start in farmer's markets and move um, upwards into retail outlets? Yes. Um, basically, since I started at Nelson Farms, um, they were my co-packer for the first six or seven years. Um, they were my first retail outlet. Um, when you manufacture mm-hmm. there, they'll obviously sell your product. So that was good. Good shelf um, space. But yep. Yes. Great location. Um, love the store. So but that's great. But now, you know, you got to start, you know, pounding the pavement. And um, yeah, so I basically, you know, just started knocking on doors and I would go, you know, to store to store and um, everybody was um, pretty much open to carrying it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, th- I mean, that's now all what good. kind that's- of store? Well, just anything, any um, maybe you like know, 20 East and stuff like that. Yeah, little mom and pop shops. Um, you okay. know, I mean, I went from there, I went to tops and, you know, back to small stores. Basically, you have to sort of feel where your product will do well because, you know, it's sure. not fit for every location. Um, mm-hmm. But then, yes, I started doing farmer's markets and um, I enjoy them. But I think a lot of people, they don't realize how much work farmer's markets are. Um, you know, because they I know. You have done yeah. them with your wife. And um, as much as I enjoy doing it and it's something you have to do to, you know, get people to try it and get those direct sales because there's nothing like getting, you know, full uh, retail price Immediate for your feedback. product. You know, anytime you sell to a store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You get the feedback. <laughs> you get the cash, you know. You know, the full market you get the cash. You know, <laughs> price. because. Yeah, because other stores, you know, you're just getting the the wholesale price and um, it's hard. You have to sell twice as much, you know, to make yes. the same amount. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I've done it all. I've done, you know, the buy local bash um, in Syracuse. 
um, when it was at the um, regional market. I've done it when it's at the Landmark Theater. I've done, um, you name it, you know, farmer's markets here in Casanova. I've done the Fayetteville mm-hmm. Farmer's Market. Um, I've done them all. Every, everything local, pretty much. Uh, but right. now... So how um, did you... Right. Well, so just so now I'm 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 done with that phase. Um, I work full time yeah. also now um, at Casanova College, and I can't I can't do all that. I work you know Monday through Friday, and when the weekend is here, I just need the weekend for myself. So um, basically yeah. now, um, if you you know you can find the product locally, but I don't sell it anymore at markets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because markets are it's tough. And I, I, I don't know if people can appreciate uh, small businesses, small food-based businesses and farmers, uh, the amount of work that goes into making a living. Yes. It's a lot. Yes. It's, it's, it's a lot. It really is. You know, the well, markets, the thing is too, it's, up, again, it's, Yeah, they're up and they're down. And you go and it's like a beautiful day, one day, and then like, you know, the next week it'll be pouring rain and you still have to be out there, you know, because people still look yep. for you and the wind could be blowing. You lose, there's so many markets. We've lost tents and product and, you know, <laughs> it makes for a long day. And they're done that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty wicked. So how many different flavors do you have? I, I have to please, because I see, we pick your stuff up every once in a while when we're in Wegmans or, mm-hmm. or, uh, uh, wherever at the 20 East and Cavs there. Yeah. Uh, how many different flavors do you the have? The product has evolved. When I started, um, it was a um, black bean and corn salsa. Um, and, you know, 12 years ago, it, they weren't um, a dime a dozen like they are now. So um, I've discontinued the black bean and corn salsa just because, I don't know, um, I, I wanted some, something different, something fresh. And, um, so right now we just have a traditional tomato salsa, which is salsa cuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have sweet salsa cuse, which is um, made with apples and honey. So something a little different, mm-hmm. a little lighter. Um, you know, people don't realize, you know, corn and beans, you know, they, especially black beans, they're expensive because I was using, um, you know, non-GMO, no food dye, um, black beans. Oh, so it's, yep. it's not cheap. And so, and then... I, like I said, I wanted something different, so I just have those two now. I'm I'm streamlining because I just I find that I'm listening to my customer. This is what Still they there? want. They love the name. Yep. Can oh, you hear me? Lost you for a second. That's okay. Yep. Can you hear me? So you, you go back to you were streamlining. Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, okay, you're back. All right. Can okay, you let's me? just step back. You started to say something about streamlining. Yeah. So I, you know, I decided. You know, I used to have black bean and corn mild, black bean and corn medium, black bean and corn hot. And then I had salsa cues and then sweet salsa cues. So, you know, as a business owner, you have to now invest jars for five products, labels for five products, lids for five products, ingredients, storage, you know. So I'm like, now we're going to go with the two, salsa and salsa cues. That's what everybody's loving. And I'm going to give them what they want. And, And Syracuse has really embraced that. And Wegmans has been all around, you know, all about that and they've been very supportive so so moving forward um it's just salsa cues and sweet salsa cues okay so you just cut it back to two because that i was gonna say you mentioned one time you not you're not co-packing now in uh nelson now you're in rochester you have a co-packer somebody who built makes product yeah so i was at nelson farms for about six years but 
um, as convenient as it was for me, <laughs> just a couple miles down the road, um, it's very expensive. And I mm -hmm. had to do basically all the work. So I had to source the jars and then the lids and then, you know, have the company send them to the shop. And they really didn't want them only right before you were going to produce. Um, and it, again, it was very expensive and I was always there for the productions um, and then paying for the labor costs on top of that. So I knew I needed to get my costs down and <clears throat> I started looking around and um, I found a place in Buffalo. Um, why did I have to go to Buffalo? Because not every, not everybody does what I do. Um, the black right. bean and corn salsa is, um, is acidic and um, it's high risk for botulism. Right. Um, so a lot of people, it's scary for small, you know, a co-packer, they don't want that risk. Sure. So, um, nobody, I couldn't find anybody in central New York that would bottle for me. And, um, so I found this place in Buffalo and I made a big leap and went there and I was there only two years. It was a disaster. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I was very small for their big, um, production facility. And, mm -hmm. um, and in a lot of ways I was treated that way. Um, you know, my small business is my everything. And to them, I was really just, I don't want to say nothing, but I was just, you know, yeah, you're 1% of what they do. Yeah. And it just mm -hmm. wasn't a good fit. So after about two years, um, I'd almost decided to just throw in the towel because, um, I don't know, it just was getting so hard and, um, I couldn't find anybody to bottle it. I wanted it done well. I wanted high quality and um, I wanted local ingredients. So I sort of went on pause. And then for Christmas <clears throat> that year, I got a, somebody gifted me a jar of tomato sauce and on it was the name of a co-packer in Rochester. It was like, it was meant to be. <laughs> so yeah. I called them up and I asked if they did, you know, a product like mine. And uh, they said, yes. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, can I come right over? And they like, yeah. So I've been there ever since and I love them. They're amazing and um, they're growing by leaps and bounds. So it's a, a testament to the quality of product and customer service that they give. So um, I've been there ever since. Mm -hmm. Now, so you have to, you, you, when you started your, your, where am I going with this? You had to go back to Cornell to get your process approval, correct? On all of your products? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Every recipe, yes, has to get approved by Cornell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about that. Like what that process is. Um, you you well, call Cornell and... Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if our listeners know what uh, Cornell does for us, but um, basically they help new um, and existing businesses to ensure that their food products are safe, stable, and meet regulatory guidelines. Um, I don't know if also people realize every time that we have a new recipe, we have to file it with the state. So um, right. basically um, I think it's $85 um, per scheduled process. So for mm -hmm. me, I probably have what uh, at least what five, <laughs> cause I have five products. So, sure. um, there's like $85, um, per, um, scheduled fee for that. Um, you do have to register with them. That's another $30 and anytime you amend mm -hmm. the product. So basically we have to stick, as you know, to our recipes 
verbatim, yeah, no change ever. Yep. And anytime that we do, we have to amend those recipes. And that's an additional $40 every time we do that. So it's in your best interest to get your recipe done right the first time. <laughs> and <laughs> stick with it. You know, and stick with it because it's a lot of time and, you know, it's money, you know, because you have to wait for the approval sure. before the production you know, happens. Um, so yep. basically, I mean, they're food scientists and I, you know, I'm thankful that they're there because I, you know, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, selling something that's safe and uh, shelf stable. Yeah. But, um, um, <clears throat> you know, once I make the recipe with my co-packer, um, they do all that work for me. They take it to, um, Cornell. So they work, you know, directly with them. Um, so I really, I'm not an active part, you know, once, once we make the recipe together. So, Mm -hmm. so you develop a recipe, give it to the co-packer, co-packer says, okay, here's how I have to do it. They go down to Cornell, uh, in Geneva and get the the process approval and then you're off and running. Yeah. But I, I had a question for you. Are you ready? Uh Oh, sure. (laughs) I think. (laughs) Oh, so basically, uh, in 2002, you know, post 9-11, uh, the World mm-hmm. uh, Health Organization expressed concern um, about, you know, contamination of food. And um, now we're basically obligated to report um, to the state, you know, every time uh, we produce a product. Are you there? Yep. Oh, I lost you. Can you go back to you're obligated to report? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Okay. So, yeah. So you report, you know, we're obligated to report to the state um, every time we, you know, produce a product. So my co-packer does that for me. They report directly in file um, with the health organization. So how do you do that? Do you do that directly? We're a little bit different because you're considered a low acidified food. Okay. Correct. Right. (laughs) Okay. And we, ours are, are, we have a balsamic vinegar, Mm -hmm. which is, high acidic food so because the acidity of the vinegar is like uh 6% i think it is so the only one we really had an issue with was the maple because we're adding maple syrup to the balsamic vinegar mm-hmm. and when we do that it changes the uh, i can't remember what they call it, the water or something um, the ph uh the ph will change a little bit but uh there's also a, we're adding water okay. to it and that then could be considered changing um, if it's a low acid or high acid food. So they originally wanted us to do a hot pack on the maple. It's like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> that means we'd have to boil everything, hot pack it, turn it upside, and that was going to be a pain. And I went back and I said, can you look at the recipe again in our process and do more acidity tests? And they did for another $75 and, or $85. <laughs> And they said, well, yeah, you get away with it, but you need to put a warning on the label that says refrigerate after opening. That's fair enough. And that solved our problem. Yeah. yeah. And everything else we do, that's the, we got the, uh, the four vinegars, uh, olive oil from California. So we don't have to worry about that. They're taking care of that in Cali. Mm-hmm. And then we have the dry rub, mm-hmm. the Matson Hills dry rub. And that is, uh, that's a spice product. It's basically repacking spices. So there's nothing we have to do for that. Didn't even need a process review for wow. that. So, or at least according to New York State Ag and Markets. Yeah. And then the Mabel's hand cream, and that's not a consumable, so. Yeah. And that's all natural product anyway, so. Yep. 
Yeah, so we got away that, that I shouldn't say we got away. We have a completely different product than yours because I've thought of, we, you know, I've got a barbecue rub that I make. It's Carolina or barbecue mm-hmm. sauce. It's a, uh, a a Carolina rub, or Carolina sauce. And I thought, man, that stuff is so good. I should bottle that. And then it's like, oh man, do you know the process I've got? Yeah. Go? I just, I can't. I I don't have it in me to it do it. It gets so involved. It really does. Yeah. yeah. People. And- I, I admire you because that's that's a. When I say people listening, you have no idea what Tina's going through to make sure that that salsa gets on the shelf and it stays delicious without somebody messing up the recipe. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. But I love it. (laughs) So now your co-packer, they source all the ingredients for you and you approve it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and they come back and say, we can do it for X amount. And then you do your math and markups from there. Um, no, they just do it and bill me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what your costs are. Yes. So yeah. you know how to you know how to price. And, it and they know here. where I need to be price point wise. So um, and they're very mindful of that. So you know we're always mm-hmm. pretty much where we need to be. That's great. Now let's get into distribution chain a little bit. Okay. You do you go out and sell it? Do you have somebody that sells it? Does do you have a um, a rep that goes out and sells? No, I don't have... How do you get in store? I don't have anybody that works for me, um, unfortunately. Uh, I wish I did, but, you know, as you know, profit margins are low. Be careful what you I wish know. for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, nobody works for me, and I don't have a team out there pounding the pavement. I did apply for a small business grant um, at the end of last year, and it didn't come to fruition. And my hope was um, the stipulation to the grant was I was able to hire someone um, of lower income and um, mm-hmm. provide them with a job, which I would love to do. I mean, that would be you know, like a dream come true, you know, a win-win um, for me and, you know, the other person. But sure. it, it didn't work out. So I was a little disappointed because um, I was hoping that's what I could do is ha- hire that person to start, you know, doing things like that. So um, as for distribution um i mean i work through cavalera foods uh in syracuse so they're my distributor and they bring my product into wegmans um and you can uh, they have a catalog so other stores can get product from cavalero um you know Mm -hmm. through um through delivery but wegmans um requires you to have a distributor. They are so big that they can't have every um, Dave and Joanne and Tina coming in, dropping off deliveries. Um, they want it yep. streamlined. And and that's fair. I, I understand. So um, yeah. the only place that I have a distri- distributor for is Wegmans. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, Caballero brings that into the store for me. So everybody else, um, I deliver myself or if I can work up, pick up, some people come to Casanova delivering other things from other shops like Half Moon Bakery. They'll bring things to 20 mm-hmm. East. And if they want a case of salsa, they come pick it up on my porch. So it, it's yep. a win-win for both of us. So, yeah. Debbie Tyler, she's wonderful, isn't she? Half Moon she Bakery? Is. She is. I love her. What a great yeah. store that is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, that, and, you, and then you mentioned 20 East yeah. with, with, with um, Mackenzie. Uh, Mackenzie. Yeah. And uh, man, that woman is just on fire. She is. Just she on is. fire. No, she's, she's and great. And you too, because you're, this is, I can't stress enough. This is a lot of work for, for one person to do 
to get to where you are because you you're distributed in Wegmans and a lot of different uh, smaller stores, and you've got there's a lot of work there. It is, but you know, again, I w- I was raised by two hardworking parents, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. in my to my blood. <laughs> um, some of my friends, they like to read books and I like to read too, but you know, that's what they do on their side when they have free time. And me, it's, you know, it's making a sale or, you know, doing my QuickBooks or, you know, mm-hmm. checking inventory or, you know, tweaking a recipe. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's what I enjoy to do. So it doesn't feel like it's a lot of work. It's just something I really enjoy doing. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. So you have your co-packers in Rochester, and what did they ship back to Syracuse? Or do you go out and pick it up? How do they work? <clears throat> it depends. Um, for Wegmans, Wegmans, uh, I place the order. I never touch the stuff. So basically, I get the order from Wegmans. I mm-hmm. send the order over to my co-packer. My co-packer makes it. Um, they have a you know specific pickup date. And they work that all out with uh, Caballero and Caballero picks it up and takes it to their warehouse and they distribute it. Um, if I have um, salsa that I need personally, um, I can go pick some up and bring it back this way and then take it to, you know, location as needed. Uh, but mm-hmm. my son is now a student at Pittsburgh university. So I try to work in going Every time I go to Pittsburgh, either to pick him up or bring him, you know, back for break or, um, you know, whatever school starting. And uh, I try and work out deliveries, uh, pickups that way. So I'm, yep. it's a lot, it's, you know, Rochester, it's, it's exit. Um, oh gosh. It's, it's like the, the exit after Rochester, that's like 10 more miles. Um, the yep. Leroy exit. Um, yes. Uh, what's the other, the college that Brockport. <laughs> so yes, it's that Blackboard. exit. So it's like you think you're in Rochester, you think you're there, and then it's it's another ten miles or so. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's far enough that if I can work in a reason, um, another reason, it, it makes it worthwhile. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. So um, you you have an enviable enviable product because I well, at least with us we, we buy a jar of salsa, open it up and. It doesn't go in the fridge. It's gone. <laughs> well, so that's you, good. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, how many people do that? Yeah. And, yeah, and then it comes time lot, for dinner. It's like, eh, I'm not yeah. really hungry. I just had a lot of salsa. But I don't know. I don't, I mean, I'm sure vinegar, it's just, I don't know. It just lasts a little longer. It's a little more, it's more specialty. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, I could use it up is. a ton we, of vinegar in a salad. I can make it go bye-bye. <laughs> Well, we, you know, when we did ours, we have a it's, a, it's a little shaker top because being trained in the culinary arts and, and having worked in kitchens, uh, I'm very conscious about how of flavors and sometimes people just put too much on. It's like, you're wasting it. Don't, you know, yeah. and this stuff is special. I don't want people to waste it. It's like, mm-hmm. so we have a little top on it that we have come down to little dribs and it's just enough. It's just perfect. Yeah. But so, so that's like a hot sauce, right? I mean the way you use it. So, you know, it's, I would think, what do you, at a farmer's market, what would you sell your vinegar for? A bottle. Uh, We sell the vinegars for $10 a bottle. uh, Mm -hmm. And it's right in line with uh, other specialty vinegars. Right. Uh, We have the olive oil from California. We sell that for 12. uh, Mm -hmm. And that's, 
and now I have to go back and see our vinegar is different also because in our vinegars we use the, we have the fig, garlic, ginger, and maple. It's real maple syrup. It's real ginger. Mm. It's real figs, and it's real garlic. And we grow the garlic here. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I was just out checking the garlic a little bit. We have about seven hundred and fifty heads of garlic in. That'll all Whoa. get chopped, added to the vinegar, and then. It sits, it has to age, and the vinegar pulls the flavor out, and then we strain it, and then we can bottle it. Mm-hmm. So ours is different because we're not using an extract. We're not taking a bottle of liquid garlic and garlic extract and adding it to the vinegar. So ours takes a little bit longer, and it's a little bit more potent, and the vinegar's not sweet because we don't add sweeteners. It's tart. It's like mm-hmm. balsamic should be. Uh, mm-hmm. with just a little bit of sweetness. And... The olive oils are from California because I don't know coming from Europe anymore what olive oil is. <laughs> it's like, right. I, we were at a trade show one time and there was this, we, it was the fancy food show. And there was this, I'm talking to this Greek fellow and Wait, across the aisle was this a, Italian guy. You went there as a vendor? No, we didn't. Or? Have, we, no, 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 no. We were, when we were oh, working for food companies. Chef. Right. Uh, what, no, when we represented the Silton Cheesemakers. Okay. Uh, when we had the ad agency, but the, the I'm talking to the Greek fellow and he's chuckling. I said, "What's so funny?" He goes, "You see the the Italian fellow over there?" I said, "Yeah." <laughs> he said, "How proud he is of his olive oil." I said, "Yeah." He goes, "That's my olive oil." I said, "What do you, I said, what do you mean it's your olive oil?" He goes, "I put it in drums. I send it to him. He puts it in bottles, and he says it's Italian olive oil oh. because by European law at the time they could do that. Oh. And now you never know where the oil is coming from either." It's there was a big thing a couple of years ago about that. That's adulterated. So this stuff comes from California. It's a small middle of California, and it's it is just phenomenal stuff. And I know where it's coming yes. from. The basil oil that we have, they crush the basil at the same time they crush the olives. Mm. That's how they get the flavor. Oh, it's that was so good. <laughs> yeah. So we, it's not you don't cook with it. You don't put it in your pan and then you know fry something or it's a finishing, finishing oil. oil. Yeah. Yeah, and. We have, I have a couple of recipes that I use where I will take one of our vinegars and I'll reduce it a little bit by like, eh, by about a third Mm -hmm. and just a little bit of sugar in there just to sweeten it a little bit and I'll use it as a glaze. Mm. So, but otherwise it's all finishing and all for, all for salads and. Wow. Sounds amazing. The summer is going to be like tomatoes from the garden, fresh mozzarella, some of your oil and vinegar. Yep. Yep, and when, when this when this whole lockdown thing is done, I'm having a party out on the deck. You're invited. <laughs> so we're gonna have some fun out there. Sounds great. So, so do you have? Uh, most people probably pick up salsa, and it's like I know how to use salsa. Do you have recipe suggestions? Do you do stuff like that for folks? I do, I do. Um, I've done so many different things. Um, the other day, I did I had some leftover home fries. Um, and so in the morning I put them in a small frying pan. I wanted to get like a nice black skillet. We have one. I just couldn't find it. Didn't it take some nice pictures? Cast iron, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I pushed, warmed them up and then I pushed them to the side and then I put some salsa in the middle, just like two, two or three tablespoons. And then I cracked the egg in there and I simmered it. Um, that was amazing. Um, my husband enjoyed that. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that would be a traditional huevos rancheros, but um, we could just say that. <laughs> sure. um, it's North American. Huevos. Yeah, yeah, Pazanovia style. 
Um, sure. So a lot of times I make homemade chicken noodle soup and it's just always like so pale to me. So I'm, you know, of course I always have a, a jar like half um, opened in my refrigerator from a tasting or something. And so I hate mm-hmm. to waste it. So I always put in like a half jar of salsa into my tomato sauce. So that, you know, adds so much uh, red, you know, f- color, um, flavor, vegetables. Um, so I love to do that. And um, what else? Oh, chili. Chili's a really great one because oh, yeah. everybody always has some hamburger or leftover chicken or some kind of protein in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And literally you could just, you know, add the salsa to the meat once it's cooked. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, put it in a cup and top it off with a little shredded cheese and, you know, you got lunch. So um, yep. there's so many things. I've seen people top potatoes with it instead of sour cream, you know, a lower calorie um, condiment option. Um, mm-hmm. so really the sky's the limit. I've seen so many things. Yeah. Um, I've, made- well, we've, we do it. We'll take, uh, the salsa, put it on, uh, like tortilla chips, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, just like Doritos or well, not Doritos, but a better brand of Doritos. Uh, and then we just shred some cheese on top of that, microwave it, crack a beer and go at it. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why I say it doesn't doesn't last long around our house. No, I know. It goes pretty I quick. I know. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your future plans for the business? What's what's your goals if you feel comfortable talking about that? You expand it? Just- sure. Um, well, I love the business, but I've reached my ultimate goal of getting in all Syracuse area Wegmans. So um because I'm the buy local choice. It doesn't really make sense for me to push this into the market in Buffalo or Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unless I came up with different labels. But um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm at my peak, you know, for, you know, reaching my goals. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see it do more. Um, I would really love to collaborate with somebody locally. I don't know how, I don't know who would find value in salsa or salsa cuse, but um, I just feel like I would love to expand with someone. I don't, I don't want to build infrastructure. I don't want, you know, to bottle it myself. I have no desires of doing that. Um, Cause just, I've learned so much along the way about, you know, small business and risk and, you know, investment. And then, you know, a pandemic, (laughs) you know, there's just so much to um, consider and being a small business owner. So um, I, I I don't really know what my future holds, but um, you know, I'm holding steady. I, I plan to do some promoting, you know, locally, um, maybe some mm-hmm. Bridge Street or something um, to sure. get the name out there. I do, I do a great job um, with my social media and I do my mm-hmm. Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter, you do. but you do a nice job. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But you know, you're still only reaching your own target audience, you know, the, your followers, right. you can pay um, to expand that, but I don't think you really get the return. And there's a lot of people that, you know, the demographic that might be interested in my product um, are not even on social media. You know, there's a lot of, um, I want to say elderly people, but, you know, people that just aren't there. Um, And there's some people Mm -hmm. that just don't choose to do social media. So I'd like to do that, you know, but I'll have to, you know, um, put a little money to the side to do that. And um, sure. 
So, so you're in the product increasing usage stage of business then? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I'd love to grow. I'd love to collaborate, but it has to be with someone else. I need to combine resources. I can't, you know, just knowing how much I've already put in it, I'm not going to do more by myself. Right. So, and which is fine. <laughs> yeah, because you're doing a lot now. It's And we, because we're doing much the same thing and we're bottling ourselves yeah. You know, we have uh, an improved kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, yeah. yeah. And people don't realize, yeah. you know, you can't, you don't just sell and, you know, get that $10 for that jar of vinegar, you know. It's it's holding the inventory, you know, and so many yep. other parts to the equation, your liability insurance, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's there's a lot of other costs that people don't see, you know, it's kind of like a little cloud hanging over your head. Um, sure. But. Yeah. Well, that's great. So can you think of anything that we should have covered that we didn't cover? Mm, I don't think so, mm, but I, no? I did want to share a funny story, a, biz, a funny business sure. story. So <laughs> um, I had the a pleasure and, or the honor of being in Syracuse Women's Magazine a couple years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Oh boy, it was maybe five years ago now. So um, I was at Nature Time and I was doing a, um, a demo and so, you know, when people come over, you want to show them kind of what you've been doing and that um, you're an active part of the community. And so I, I put out the um, magazine article next to me um, while I was sampling. And this gentleman, he walks over and he goes, he picks it up and he looks at it. And then he looks at me and then he looks at it again. And he goes, is that you? <laughs> Oh, that's and funny. I go, yes. And he goes, well, clearly you're not showing your better side today. <laughs> what? I can't believe you said that. Really? Oh, man. I almost died. Like, what do you say to that? You know, I'm like, clearly when you're in a magazine, you know, they put makeup on and, you know, it's just kind of glamorous. Yeah. But I don't know. That was just so funny. I thought, oh, dear God. Oh, man. How rude. <laughs> it's okay. It gave me something to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I, when I, when I was in, in the restaurant business uh, and, you know, people would come into the restaurant when I, behind the bar or when I was serving uh, or, or managing, people would say, I'd say, hi, how you doing? And people would say, oh, I'm great. How are you? And I'd say, if I was any better, I'd be you. I said that to this old timer one time and he looked at me and he says, well, you'd be a lot better looking. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> He, maybe he was right. I don't know. Uh, well, he's but, quick, uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, well, Tina, thank you very much for being on the show with us today. Uh, you, I think you have some great information and anybody looking to start a business, uh, food business would be uh, well advised to listen because you've, yeah. you've got some great information. A Come lot goes me. into it and people need to do. Let's say again. Come see me and Dave first. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's okay. <laughs> I've had people can can do consulting. No, I, you know I'll yeah. talk to you, but I can't. It's it's a lot. So wait, so, so one but, more story. So a lady came to me at the farmers market one day, and she said, "Oh, I've been thinking about um, bottling the salad dressing, and I was told to come see you." And I literally go, "Don't do it." <laughs> right? She got, she got so mad at me, but I'll tell you what, her husband was so happy <laughs> that I said that. I said, look, to yeah. do what you want. I said, we could talk further, but it's a huge investment. It's time consuming. Like, you know, you have to think of all these things. Who's going to market it for you? It doesn't just sell. 
things don't just, mm-hmm. you know, fly off the shelf. You know, you've got to educate people and tell them about it. And uh, so, yeah. so yeah, I, yeah. you know, I guess I got to learn to and be a think, more reserved, but. Yeah. And it's not to give people the wrong impression because it is fun. When we do, we sell at the Cas market, Casanova mm-hmm. market. And we were there all last year and, and the winter before and this past winter until everything got shut down mm-hmm. uh, at, at the winter market. And you have people come through and you, you become friendly with everybody. Yes. And, you know, as people I'm come in and say, Hey, how are you doing? Like, yeah, they do. Definitely. And, and that's the neat part, the yep. fun part. And yes. it's all the back operations that people don't see. They just see this wonderful front. Oh, I'm at the farmer's market. Wouldn't that be fun? Mm-hmm. But there, there's a lot of work. You have to, you have to dedicate the time to it. Absolutely. And uh, absolutely. So, but having said that, I think what you get out of it is worth it. Absolutely. Because we have a lot of fun. We do. And we meet great people like yourself. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, bump. Well, anyway, Tina, thanks very much for being on the show today. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, it was good talking with thanks, you. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. So that wraps up our interview with Tina McPherson from Salsacuse. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, our website, cleanslatefarm.com, and also go pop over to YouTube and check out our YouTube channel at Clean Slate Farm. Lots of fun stuff over there, cooking and gardening and stuff like that. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. If you get the chance, please do subscribe to this and leave us a rating. That would be very helpful for other people to find. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>